welcome back to another episode of the Powering Authenticity podcast, your go-to place for ambitious women who are looking to navigate their life and career. Thank you so much for joining us on for another episode. And I suppose thank you also for giving us so much amazing feedback on our first episode and for tuning in. It's been so amazing to read through all the comments and the feedback. What's been showing up for you this week? Well, do you know the main thing this week has been effective communication? Communication's always been a really important part of my life. It's something that I've always found comes quite naturally to me. I enjoy doing it. And even when I was younger, I used yeah. to do public speaking competitions and things. And like the art of speaking and communicating is really, really important. And I've talked a little bit about that on our uh, TikTok this week as well. It's really simple things, but you would not even believe the amount of people that stumble over the same obstacles when it comes to effective communication all the time. For our listeners, the example I had was I had a colleague who was dealing with a really difficult conversation with a client and they needed to deliver news that they knew that that person wasn't going to take well, but nonetheless had to deliver it. And they wanted to have the conversation by email and read over the email and I was like, no, this is not going to work. It's not going to be taken the way that they want to put it across. If you're delivering something that's like a difficult or tricky conversation, you know the ones I'm talking about, you have an email and you're rewriting it and rewriting it and rewriting it. In those circumstances, go beyond the realms of email and just go straight into a direct conversation with somebody because email's never going to cut it. And it was it was really amazing coaching my colleague through that and then saying to them, this is the tone of this meeting. Here's the things we also need to do so that the other person feels seen, heard and respected in the conversation as well. Because we managed to switch it over onto a conference call and we took it step by step and actually listened to what they had to say, tried to meet them halfway, did compromises where possible. That person went away at the end of that meeting and okay, they weren't happy with the news, but they felt like we'd listened to them and it went a lot better than it would have by email. So I was really proud to take the... I suppose, the rain on that particular thing. Um, And I did this with somebody who was more senior than me as well. And I still know this is not how it should be done. So I'm really proud of myself for like showing up. And I think what you've highlighted there, Dan, is you also have to understand the other person in the room. How are they going to receive that? I do this all the time because I have a unique communication style where I'm always on the go, always trying to get my point across. And I understand it gets lost, right? So there's a lot of self-awareness around that. Um, but the reality is, is you have to know that the person has understood you. And quite often the case is the communication hasn't happened because the other person hasn't got the message that you're trying to convey or vice versa. But isn't it just also about going, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah. And you know, for so long, I would just, if I didn't understand, just stay quiet. And then after the meeting, I would be sitting with other colleagues going, what did they mean by that? Hard for two reasons, right? Because it's hard to put yourself out there and question because if you're anything like us, you assume you're stupid, right? That you've not understood other, but really, if you've not understood, they've not communicated that effectively to you. 
Um, but there is a reality around another part of there's just dickheads in rooms. So sometimes when you ask, can you say that again? Then they'll be like, what, what do you not understand? We all are about it. So yeah, it's not all within your controls. And it's not just about saying, put yourself out there because you also need to understand the other person because if someone is going to be like that in a meeting, then that's maybe not the best way for you to get the information. Yeah. Do you know the other thing that I started doing more of and it's new for me as well because when I was younger I never would have done this but one of the most common stumbling blocks in effective communication is people interrupting each other now I want to like say from the outset because I know there's going to be people and I know Jill you're sitting there going daddy I do it too so you get so excited that you're like I just need to like get this out but I've had happen to me on several occasions in meetings and things is when you have somebody who consistently is interrupting you so you'll be cut off mid-sentence and it's very obvious that they've interrupted you no apology no acknowledgement of it and they carry on and what I have started trying to do because I have spent my whole life where I'm always the person that's interrupted and I just go okay I'm gonna cower back and be quiet now is I actually I'm starting to show up in meetings and go sorry can I just finish my sentence please and it's that simple or, you know, I'm really like making sure my voice is heard in a room and getting them to acknowledge when they've interrupted me. Because if someone's consistently doing that, let's be real, it's really frustrating. Yes, it is, right? Full stop. It is. And the way to deal with that is the way that you've described. I am an interrupter. I acknowledge that it's rude. Um, it's also a bit of a broken part of my brain and there's just yeah. a reality around that. It's really interesting having this conversation because what I can say to you as the interrupter in the room, it's not meant to be disrespectful of the person talking, yeah. but the behaviour in itself is disrespectful. And the way that you've described it, Danny, of saying, actually, I need to finish my sentence would be the way to deal with someone like me. Yeah. Because in that moment, I don't know I'm interrupting you. No, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I need to get this out. And this is, again, understanding yeah. communication styles is it's not a control point for me. Now, some people listen to this might say, well, it is. Don't interrupt people. That's great. I'm glad that that's like that for you. So interrupting is, you're right, completely rude. And just putting out there that not everyone necessarily has yeah. that much control around it. That's the thing I wanted to say. So for me, and I know maybe for other people, it might not be as obvious. I can easily distinguish when somebody has interrupted me because of excitement for a conversation. But the other thing that I would point out, Jill, right? And I, I notice it in you and like uh, my other friends who interrupt me sometimes, like because they get so excited in a conversation, they also acknowledge it. And they also go, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Whereas what I was talking about in this situation, this was somebody who's continually interrupting knew they were doing it didn't acknowledge it so I was like sorry can I just finish my sentence please I'm just trying to get this point across because I want to make sure that I'm being really clear on what the expectations from our office are when you speak like that and I thought I was perfectly polite but firm like their face was very taken aback whenever I see this it's mostly men when you do it to a man and call out their bad behavior then ego is in the room well always our ego is in the room but you can see their ego because inside they are thinking how bloody dare you how yeah. dare you interrupt me who do you think you are he was just doing that in that moment because he thought he was the most important voice in that room that was it bo bottom line 
Um, and as I say, I think I've built up the confidence now where I'm like, I'm not putting up with that kind of shit anymore. I am not going to be quieting down in a room. You're going to listen to my point of view. End of story. Yeah, and then it goes to different personality types as well. Or, you know, I remember a few years ago, um, an organisation I worked in, um, we did this thing called Insights. It's different versions of psychometric testing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what was really cool about doing it as a team is that you got to see what the other person was, you know, and it was like blue, yellow, red, green, whatever. And I think that's the other part of this conversation, isn't it? It's understanding the other people receive information in a different way. I try and put myself in their shoes because it's it's like you say, everybody's going to be different. Like, what's the end goal of this? What's the communication goal overall? Because I think you can miss the mark sometimes if you're not careful around it. One of the things that I do struggle with at work is keeping eye contact. It and it's something I've always struggled with. And if I am keeping eye contact with somebody, I'm doing it intentionally and I'm having to like speak it through my brain because I get so anxious. And I'm 26 and I still struggle with this. And it's something that is showing up for me more and more, particularly at work. And I, I often worry that it might come across that I'm not listening to somebody or I'm being rude. Well done for even recognizing that you want to improve that. Because when you were talking about this to me, I didn't really understand what you were talking about because I didn't see it. We, we do notice the things about ourselves more than other people do. Um, and sometimes I can be like that if my mind is chaotic. And I'm good with that. I, I read this quote from Instagram or a podcast or whatever. And it's like, if you can't deal with my lack of executive function, you don't get my hyper-focused brilliance. And I think I've come to terms with that in my life is... I'm great at some things and I'm crap at other things and I'm okay with that and I'm the judge and judy on that. You don't get to judge me. Well, you can, right? But it will not impact me because at the end of the day, Danny, we go home and have to sit with ourselves. Do you know one of the things that I've seen is, is a Lady Gaga quote, but I'm going to quote it anyway because I do love her. Um, and it was in a documentary she was talking about self-confidence and where she's had struggles, which I'm just always, how can you have struggles? Like in my, in my eyes, you are a goddess. But she always says that at the end of the day, she wants to show up for herself so that she can look in the mirror at the end of every day and say, yeah, you're somebody I want to go to bed with. And that quote is always stuck with me because that's like my, I suppose that's my angle now. I just want to be somebody that can show up authentically as Danny every single day. And I can look her in the mirror and say, yep, you're somebody I want to go to bed with. Yeah, life isn't hard. Well, listen, life is hard. But life <laughs> is, is simpler when you don't have to think about who you want to be that day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you have a commitment to growing and recognizing when you don't get things right. So, okay, that happened yesterday. So what are you going to do about it? How can you learn from that? And I think if we're constantly doing that, Dan, then, and just being kind to ourselves, then we're going to, we're going to get through, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was talking about the eye contact thing, that's like something that I have beat myself up over for years. And do you know, I think what it stems from is I had a teacher in high school that, pointed this out in front of my whole class I remember it to this day it still gives me anxiety she made a whole big thing in front of the whole class about my lack of eye contact when I was speaking to her 
And then I'm trying to, I tried to say something else. And because she'd pointed it out, I got more nervous, could not look at her again. She was like, look, you're doing it again. The whole class was laughing at me. Horrible. Like, it's just like, I still think about it to this day. But I think that's why. And I'm now so aware of it when I don't do it. So for years, I beat myself up about it. Whereas now I'm just like, I'm trying my best. It doesn't mean that I'm not listening to somebody. It doesn't mean that I'm any less empathetic or anything. I think I've come to the place of a little bit of self-compassion with it now. Like, like it's our jobs to look after our own communication styles and do our own stuff without having to sit and judging other people's. And yeah. the more the world opens up to understanding around the, the sheer scale of neurodivergence that exists in every one of our workplaces, the more I am gaining a deeper understanding of going back to that line of, you know, seek first to be understood yeah. <laughs> first to understand before being understood imagine if we start every conversation how would you prefer to be communicated with when you're a manager or a leader that's absolutely what you should be doing again yeah. people in my team you know I, I would never communicate with them in the same way you know in the same way that I will say what's your learning style how do you prefer to get this information every time you do that you are strengthening your ability to go out and deliver a product or a project or to have a high performing team these are just yeah yeah yeah. no I think you're totally right because not everybody in the team is going to interact in the same way and as I say it's something that I've beaten myself up over for years and I'm just not prepared to do that anymore but I do think it stems back from that high school like memory I mean that's appalling right it's just uh, appalling behavior it's to have pointed that out and then to have left you in such a vulnerable position that's really not nice I had this coach one time honestly now when I look back at it I'm like what were you thinking after the first session you should have just left there I was talking about coaching actually you know and at this point I hadn't vocalized that I wanted to do coaching or mentoring which you know I've been doing now for ages and she was like yeah but what qualifies you to do that and she wasn't doing it in a way that was like constructive was constructive and now when I look back at it I get what she means one she was bringing her vulnerability to the table right and like her preconceived notion of what that looked like because she's a coach who is like an academic coach so she's got all the letters behind her name and everything else after this conversation I went for a walk with a friend and she's like, what are you talking about? Here's why. Here's your experience. I've run successful business. Apart from any nails, she doesn't have the right to take my dream and crap on it when I'm paying her thousands of pounds. And you know what, Dan? I didn't actually end up finishing my sessions with her. I was happy to leave that money on the table because I thought you can't serve me. And it's something I take into my own mentorship (laughs) when I'm working with people um, especially someone like me who's so opinionated, I always have to hold back because if somebody comes across as confident, it doesn't mean they are confident. And if they're sharing something with you, that might be the first time they've shared that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Just, you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, that could have gone another way. If you weren't you in that moment. The people that recommended her to me were men. And I think they got a lot out of her going, I see you, I see this, I see that, you know, and they're like, wow. Whereas me, I've done that work. We've just talked about um, how we come across. And she's like, do you realize how you come across to people? Oh my God. 
Yeah. Something I'm so aware of, you know? I'm so aware of that part of me that I just couldn't believe it. Now, yeah, I can, now I can look back and think, wow, you're so bad at what you do. Yeah. But then... In the moments, I was like, oh, wow, this is really, really difficult. And then, but obviously, Danny, it's about having the right people around you. Because then when I spoke to a friend about it, she's like, this is this is actual nuts, Jill. Yeah, it is. Well, baseline, like, it's something like coaching. You're having to build a relationship with somebody that at times has to have vulnerability in it. And you showed up, were vulnerable in that moment, and she literally stomped all over you. That's like one-on-one, not how you treat a human being. I'm sharing these stories, but I'm sharing them with compassion in my heart. They're factual. The impact they had on me was factual. But, you know, I know as well, I don't always show up as the best version of myself. And maybe she, well, listen, she gave me that lesson, right? She taught me that lesson. So maybe that's why that was there for me. But as a mentor, I never want to make someone feel the way that she made me feel in that moment. There's an easier way to support people than to attack them. Yeah, a hundred percent. So making yourself better every day, like vulnerability's got to be a part of that. And from what you describe, like I wouldn't be able to sit in a room with somebody like that because yeah, hundred percent. And I've had like some cracking experiences with coaches and mentors over the years. And again, you know, her style works for other people. There's people who have their own businesses that I really respect that have worked with her. It's like, just by yeah. finding the right people for you. Yeah, so we've got a, a meeting to go to, Jill. So I'll, <laughs> and it's one you're leaving the house for today as well. So we talked a bit about speaking up for yourself when you need to, practicing patience if you need to as well. So really allowing people their time and space to speak in a room. Um, I haven't touched too much on this podcast episode, but it is really important. I've talked about it on our TikTok about open body language, eye contact. Uh, and things as well so just really think about when you're having a conversation or a dialogue whatever it is in a meeting who your target audience is what your end goal is and how you would show up communication styles in that meeting if you have those three things knacked and think them through I guarantee that your communication style is going to improve over time and thank you to everybody for listening Danny will do the whole like share thing because I never remember any of it yeah so thanks for tuning in for another episode with us and you can follow us over on Instagram and TikTok we're at Powering Authenticity make sure to go give us a like and a follow leave any comments on how today's show went and if not we will see you on the next podcast